You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about everything serving, and I'm going to share with you five strategies that should help you structure and really help your team understand what they're doing at the serving line and how to attack the serve, how to attack the other team with your serve. So it's an episode you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 86 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Hope everyone is doing well out there. Another week of volleyball. If you are a new listener, welcome to the podcast. My name is Coach Brian Singh, and I'm the host of the podcast. And if you are a regular listener, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And um, I hope that today I can come on here and give you another episode that will bring you value that you can take to your gym and apply right away so that it can help your team, it can help your players develop, get better. And uh, ultimately, today we're going to talk about serving strategies. Um, But before we get into today's episode, a couple updates for you guys. So as I mentioned last week, we got uh, DVA Live that's going to be coming up August 6th, 7th. So save that date. Really excited about that. Um, It's going to be a great transformation weekend for coaches. Um, I'm still planning, but it's going to be great. And I got the the volleyball app coming out. I don't know when. I don't know when, but it's going to be coming out. I was actually with my developer this week and just going over the design and how I'm, how I'm going to be structuring it. Uh, it's, I, I just, so you're my listener, so I can give you like a quick little insight on what we're thinking. So basically, um, I use an app called Coachboard right now that, that it's like a, it's like a volleyball clipboard where you can, you know, put players on the court wherever you want them. So we're going to take a, a, that, that idea, we're going to take it to another step. So we're going to have a, a, a volleyball court with players on them where you can arrange where you want them to go. And then when you tap on that player, a drop is like a drop down, um, not a menu, but I don't know how to describe it, but basically stats will drop down of, and we're going to start off with passing. So you can click on it and rate their passing just based on that player. So you tap the player, you give them a rating and it, it records it and you continue going. So as opposed to other apps where it's just basically a universal template where you have six positions and you put the players' names and you stat them that way. This is like a volleyball court. And this is why it's specific to practice, not games. I'm not interested in creating another game stat app because there's lots out there. But so you can move players around in practice on a volleyball court and still stat them accordingly. So that's we're going over the you know we're going over some of the stuff with that the ideas and it, it's I don't know he he's gonna work on it hopefully he can do it but that's the plan if if not we're gonna try to make it still as as user friendly as possible with the same idea but um, that's the vision so I'm I'm super excited about that and I can't wait to bring it to to our DVA members and then to the rest of the world uh, once it's launched really really excited about that so that's the app uh, you got DVA live and today I want to talk about serving I want to talk about serving. Uh, I actually, I don't think I've done an episode on serving, uh, surprisingly, and serving is super important, so it's weird that I haven't talked about it yet, to be quite honest. So 
when we're talking about serving, I want us to understand one thing first. Let's start with this. Serving is the only skill in our game that our athletes have 100% control over. You know, passing, you don't have 100% control over because you're receiving a ball from another player. Setting, you have to receive the ball from a passer. Attacking, you have to receive the ball from a setter. Blocking, you're trying to block another team from scoring. Digging, another team is attacking and you're trying to dig. Ball control, no matter what it is, there is you don't have 100% control over that skill because it involves another player. Well, when it comes to serving, you're the only person that's touching the ball to execute the skill. That's it. And it it uh, it makes me wonder, well, that makes me wonder, but I wish, I wish I knew this when I was a younger coach because I should have focused on serving a lot more. Serving is one of those things that I encourage all of you listening to this is to dial into it even more because it is the only skill in our game that you have 100% control over. So that means that you are your own enemy. You are the only thing preventing you from getting better. And I'm sure you've heard this a ton of times, but you might have heard me say and other coaches say, the best serving and passing teams win. The best serving and passing teams win. And I believe that's true, especially the younger age group. When you get to the older age group, then you know obviously there's other factors that contribute. But for just a general competitive match, serving and passing are always what like determines the, the the outcome it, to an extent. So, with that being said, you know we always know we have to practice passing and practice, but we also have to practice serving. And I don't and just don't have your athletes serve for like a few minutes. You know, half of them on one side of the court, half of them on the other. I want us to really, really think about dialing into serving because serving can generate points. That means a one single player can be responsible for generating a point for your team without anybody else touching the ball. And that is a significant asset to have if you have that person to do that. So let's talk about some uh, some serves. So there's five main types of serves, okay? Um, now, I, I'll just go over them quickly because this is more of a strategy episode, but I do want to you know mention them. There are five different types of serves. There is the standing float, and then there's the jump float. There is the standing spin, and then there's the jump spin, and then we have the hybrid. So to go over really quickly, a standing float is a float serve when you're standing on the ground. It's really, really pretty self-explanatory. A jump float is when you're, you know, you're jumping in the air and contacting the ball, um, and then getting it over the net. A standing spin is you spin the ball, but you're not jumping. You're standing on the ground, and then high contact ball spins over the net, more of a top spin. A jump spin, okay, you're tossing the ball, you're jumping and you're contacting it over. And then a hybrid, a hybrid is a mixture of the two. So you could have a float to spin, or you can have a spin to float. And all that really means is, imagine a server spinning the ball, right? So they're at the serving line, and they toss the ball up, and it's a top spin. Well, naturally, you're going to expect a spin serve to come over. But if they were to float it over after spinning the ball, that would be considered a hybrid. So they're spinning the ball, they're they're coming in and they're hitting it with a flat surface to get somewhat of a float on it, and it's supposed to you know trick the defense or trick the serve receive into expecting a spin, and then a float comes their way, and that will help because the footwork would be different if you were expecting a spin versus a floater, and that's why you know you know servers try to get their you know serve receive off guard. So those are the five different types of serves. Now the one thing I will I mean. You know, there's not 
you know, float and spins, I'm sure our listeners understand the difference. But the one thing I'll say when it comes to jumping, the element of jumping, that's more of a higher level serve. A couple pieces of advice I would recommend is when you're when you're jumping, anytime you have a jump that's involved with the serve, really make sure that they contact the ball in the court. So what I mean by that is when they are taking off, they're taking off behind the end line, so they can't touch the line when they're when they're uh, about to jump. But when they jump, make sure they're jumping into the court. They're not jumping and landing outside the court. They're jumping into the court, and they're contacting the ball in the court. Because what happens is the distance becomes a lot shorter. They're contacting the ball inside the court, meaning the distance the ball has to travel is a lot shorter, so there can be more speed on it. Um, they're the error rate decreases as well because there's less room for error since there's less distance. Um, and then they're, and then because they're in the court, think about the distance in terms of hitting the ball over the net. You know, when you are attacking front row, the net's right there. It, it, it's going to go over the net. Question is if it goes out or in. When you contact the ball further in the court, you have a better chance to gauge and see the court, therefore improving the accuracy of the serve. And that's kind of what, why I say contact the ball in the court, not outside the court, and jump and land in the court. So just a little bit of advice there when it comes to uh, jumping and having that element uh, in serving. Now, let's talk about strategy because that was the big reason I wanted to uh, have this episode is, you know, let's talk serving strategy. So when it comes to serving strategy, you know, there are a couple of things that that we have to, I want to, let's talk about bad strategy first. Okay. Let's talk about bad strategy. When, when I was a, when I was a young coach and I was in the elementary circuit a lot, you know, and this is to, to know, like, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not talking down or talking bad of any coach when I say this. Okay. So don't, don't take it the wrong way. But I used to hear a lot of times where coaches would tell their players, you know, just get it over, just get it over, right? Just get the ball over. But then when when you talk to coaches about them training the serve, they're they're training the, the server to serve to serve tough. They're not training the server just to get it over. They're training the server to serve their best shot, and that, that's what I tell my players. I want I want we I want us to serve their best shot. So there's mixed messaging there, and that's a problem because we can't train our our servers to train tough. And all of a sudden, when it comes to a game, they're supposed to decrease their ability to serve just to get it over. And that's where us, us, as, us as coaches, we have to really understand what our serving philosophy is. Is our serving philosophy shoot your best shot? Because that's what we practice in our gym. So in our gym with our athletes, we understand that it's a, serving is a process. We understand that. And we know that in order to improve their serve, there, there's going to be mistakes made. So we serve your best shot. You got to serve your best shot. And if it's an error, it's an error. If it's not, it's not. But that's what we do because we don't want any mixed messaging. And the, the important thing is when you have younger athletes. Younger athletes, it's really important to be very transparent with them. Are you, is your strategy as a coach just to get it over? And if that's a strategy, then great. That's what you're doing. But if your strategy is to shoot, you know, shoot your best shot, then all of a sudden you might have to alter the expectations. And when you get to the when you get to the younger age group, it, it, this is not going to hurt you as much. But when you get to the older age group, uh, you know one of the, one of my mentor coaches always said, "It's what what's worse than a serve receive error, or sorry, let me re- rephrase that. What is worse than a serving error is a lollipop serve. 
So a serving error is obviously, you know, you serve, you go out into the net, it's a serving error. It directly results in the other team getting a point. Well, he said that what's worse than that is a lollipop serve because a lollipop serve is a very easy serve. A lollipop serve means a very, very easy serve because when you give an easy serve, then the percentage of the other team scoring is high. They're going to get an in-system ball. They're going to have four attackers coming at you and they're going to generate power. They're going to score. And when they score, they're now going to have momentum. They're going to get a great point. They're going to get a kill. They're going to have momentum. And they're now in that little moment, that that point now, the momentum has shifted to the other side of the court because they've gotten a, a great point. Now, if they get a really great kill, like a bounce, like they bounce the ball, or they just get a really nice play off of your weak serve, that even that's even worse because the momentum shifted to, a, to another degree, to a higher level in the other team's favor. So we want to make sure we minimize that as, as much as possible, all right? So that's where you have to, you know, really, really watch where the serving comes in. Um, you know, my as many of you know, my mentor is John Spraw. So John and me have, we have a ton of conversations all the time. He's been on the pod uh, twice already. And he ha- he actually has the same philosophy of, you know, shooting your best shot. And it's really, it was really clear in the, I don't know if you guys uh, saw the Olympic Games, um, but I, I think they had they had over twenty something errors in in that in a, in a match twenty um, something errors and that there was a lot of debate on you know what were they doing why why were they getting so many errors like what was going on there and that is true that that's that's the philosophy that we have to understand is you know yes it was they're making errors they were making errors but if we were to if we were to you know if John was to tell them okay, just get it over, you know, that would go against what they've been training for the entire time, the entire, you know, summer Olympics or their training, whatever the training philosophy is, you can't go and tell high, high level athletes, listen, we just want to get it over. Imagine that it just doesn't work that way. So that is one of those things that I I know there was a lot of talk, you know, about the, the, the amount of serves. I mean, I'm in this, I mean, I'm in one of the coaches' Facebook group, and they were they were going off about that. Um, but because you know, I, I John's my mentor. I, I know him very well. I know exactly what he was thinking. And you you live and die by by your strategy. And you know, I understand why he did what he did. And, and to be fair, the the U.S. men's team is one of the best in the world, and they have been for a long time. So that's their culture. That's what they've done. And I understand you know why they did it. So that's that's what, that's where we want to go with it. Now, the other thing I want to mention too is. How um how patient are you going to be as a coach? Okay? So at the younger age group, you know, you want to you want to teach teach all the serves. Teach all the skills. And I always say at the very young age group, teach them how to float, teach them how to spin, teach them, you know, how to jump, float, jump, spin, teach them the skills. Because we want to want to we want to make sure that they have the ability to do all these serves. And then once they have the ability to do all these serves and we're training, now we're getting to the older athletes. I want you to find their best serve. Find their best serve. So let me tell you a story. I, and I've, I've, I think I've told this on the pod before. I'm not sure. But we had a we had an athlete come into our gym one time. And he was he had a phenomenal arm. Really, really, really great arm. He had a heavy, heavy swing. Um, and when he went up to serve, he floated the ball. And it, was a, it wasn't a strong float. It was, it was an okay float. So I told him, I said, I want you to spin. And um, he's like, coach, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, that's not my best serve. I'm like, that's okay. Just spin and he spun and that that ball was extremely fast now you can tell 
that it was not near a good spin serve, but you could tell what it could what it could be. And this is why I say find your best serve. His float serve wasn't his best serve. It was his most consistent at the time because that's all he's done. That's all he's done. But it wasn't going to be his best serve. A spinner was going to be his best serve because of the arm that this athlete had. So in his first year with the team, he he um. We told him at the beginning of the season, by the way, we're like, you are not floating on this team. You are only going to spin. And in his first year, he struggled. He struggled. He was, um, I mean, he was getting errors. I mean, there were some times where he hit it to the back wall. And, and I told him, you have as long, and I, you know, as long as you're practicing, you're working on it, errors are going to happen. Because and, and another thing I told him too is, I don't want him to give up his strength to make the ball go over. I want you to hit your best shot. And the technique will catch up to that. So the, that's an important distinction there. We wanted that we, we taught him the technique. We taught him the fun, like how to how to how to do a jump spinner, how to really rotate and time and toss and come in and footwork and all that stuff. But we wanted to make sure that he never ever took anything off of his serve. And we wanted the technique to catch up with the serve. So that's what we did. By year two, he was one of the best servers on the team. By year three, he was one of the best servers in the league. He was getting aces every single match because we were patient. So I ask you, coaches, can you be patient with your team when they're developing to serve tough? And if you can, then you may have to worry about, uh, well, I shouldn't say worry, but you, sh- you have to understand that errors are going to happen and it's part of their growth. And once you understand that, you'll be fine. I promise you. And it's going to be, it's definitely uh, something to, it's it's worth the patient because you're going to definitely get a reward at the end when they're going to be one of the best servers on your team in the league, et cetera, as long as they continue to develop that. All right. So we talked a little bit about what not to do. We talked a little bit about serving strategy in terms of developing and what are different types of serves. Now let's talk about team strategy, actually. I want to talk about team strategy. So there are five key strategies that you can potentially do, and there's probably more other than, but I, I, I narrowed it down to five key strategies that I think are very common and people practice. The first one, you already know what it is, and I'm sure you've done it, is take out the weakest passer. So a simple serving strategy is going to be taking out the weakest passer. Now, with every strategy, there's always going to be something you give up or something you gain, just like defense, you know, just like offense or whatever the case is. So when it comes to taking out the weaker passer, let's think about what that involves. Well, that involves making sure that you can serve to a certain location, right? So how how is your team's ability to serve to a certain location? And if they serve to a certain location, are they going to be giving up any speed on the ball? Because that tends to happen. When you serve to a certain location, you give up speed. And when you give up speed, is that worth, is that worth it? So if the passer is weak and you're able to give up speed, then great, congratulations, you can do it. And also, does your team, does your player have the ability to potentially be accurate and you know hit a certain person, zone, whatever the case is? The other type of strategy is, I kind of mentioned it just now, is attack a zone or a seam. So instead of attacking a passer, we're going to attack uh, the distance between the passer, so the area between the two passers or a zone a particular zone on the court. So again, this is pretty much the same thing as attacking a weak passer because do they have the ability to serve to that location? Can they accurately hit that shot? And if they can, are they going to be giving up speed? Now, in a perfect, perfect scenario, you're going to have, you're not going to give up speed 
and you're still going to be able to hit uh, that, that location. Now, that's great if you can do that. And if you have servers that can do that, that's fantastic. But not all servers can. So that's a strategy. That's something I want you to consider when it comes to attacking a CMO zone. And, you know, at, at the last couple uh, coaching symposiums I've attended to, um, I think the head, coach, the head coach of the Australian national team said that he did a study and it showed that uh, attacking a, a seam, so serving to a seam, was actually better than serving to the weak passer. Because if you serve to a seam, the weak passer is still involved in that pass, and there needs to be communication between the weak passer and the passer beside them, and it could actually get more confusing in certain situations. So it's something to, to just be out, like look out for. I'm, like, I'm not saying it, it's 100% true and it might work for your league, but just be aware of what, what's better, attacking a seam or attacking a passer, um, and, and you, you're going to have to gauge that as your season goes along. All right? The third strategy is take out an attacker. So take out their best attacker or whatever attacker you want to do. And you can do that with a number of different ways. You could um, literally serve to them. So you could serve to the best the, the best attacker to hopefully have them mess up the pass or have to make, or make the pass tough where they have to go out and, and reach for it. And then, then they're probably going to be late to approach to the ball and things like that. So things you can do is you can, just, you can serve them tough, like float serve them you know, right to them uh, by floating deep or floating right to their body uh, if you have the accuracy to do that. You can, uh, maybe you can serve short. So by you, you serving short, they got to run up and they got to get that ball. And then when they get the ball, oh, now they're already at the net. It's going to be very difficult for them to make a full approach. Uh, so that's another strategy you can to take out the, the best attacker. Now, obviously, there's the risk here. Does your players have the ability to serve short? Or do they have the ability to still serve tough at a, at a player hoping to take them out so they can't make a full approach and be one of, you know, a readily available attacker, right? So that's your third strategy. A fourth strategy um, is a very simple one. It's a very fundamental one, actually, that I learned when I was a really young coach, and that is serve to one. Serve to one. Why is that a good strategy? Well, if the setter is getting a ball that's passed from one, they're ha- they have to track a ball that is behind them. So just naturally, it's a very it's a tougher ball for the setter to set because it's coming from behind them as opposed to in front of them, right? A ball coming from five or six is in front of the setter, much much easier to track. A ball coming from one is behind the setter, much more difficult to track, and then get their and then they have to get their feet around the ball and then be able to make a, a good push. So there's a lot. It's it's actually not even just a little bit harder. There's, it's a lot harder to uh, set a ball coming from one. Um, when that ball is passed. So I that's one strategy I always tell all my teams. When in doubt, serve to one. When in doubt, serve to one. Because um, that's that's just going to be a difficult spot for the setter to set the ball out of. All right? That's your fourth strategy. Uh, so, so far we talked about take out your weak passer, attack a zone, uh, attack a zone or seam, uh, take out the attacker, serve to one. And the last strategy is dealing with rotation actually. So this is something that I'm sure many coaches have come across in their in their time doing rotations is sometimes depending on whether you serve or whether you receive, you may start your rotation one back, you may start your rotation one forward or however you start your rotation. But another strategy to think about is if you want your best server starting the match or starting the set, then you're going to make sure that you know whether you're when whether you're serving or whether you're passing. You're going to make sure that they're the next person to serve, or if you're already in a position where you're serving, they're going to be the first ones to serve. And that is something that you could also think about when you're doing your lineup. 
All right. You could also modify this too. Like uh, now, this gets a little more complicated. Like we we do this a few times in our gym. Is because this is how do I say this? I would say this is very 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 specific. So when you make your rotation, obviously you're gonna set your rotation up to score to have your best side out, to do whatever your offensive strategy is, that is what you think about first before it comes to serving. All right? Unless unless it's the very first serve of the game. If you have your very first serve of the game, then yes, you're going to want your, your best server serving ideally. Or you may want to have your, your best server serving second. So like for us, for example, our best server generally will be the second or third best person, not necessarily the first. So we'll have the first one who's not our not necessarily our worst server, but you know a, a decent server, and our best server will be maybe the second one that comes in. We do that a few times just to get the ball rolling, just to get a rhythm going, uh, because sometimes your first ser- your best server, if they start serving, they may be cold. You know, the game just started, they're not warmed up yet. So we want to maybe have them be the second. So they're, they're, maybe they swung a ball, maybe they passed the ball. They got a little bit more, um, they're a little bit more warmer in the game, have a better feel for the game, and then they can serve. So this, like again, this is honestly, there's no right or wrong answer. This is up to you as a coach. Whatever you feel is the best decision for your team and your philosophy, this is what you do. When, when it comes to serving strategies, there is no right or wrong answer. I'm literally giving you five and a half slash six strategies here. You can choose whichever one you want to do and whatever works for your team and whatever you believe in, It all, as long as you're just aware of them. So when it comes to rotation, think about how you want to structure your rotation uh, for who starts off serving, who doesn't. Like Maybe when you have a weak server that comes around, uh, maybe you want to do a serving sub. That's like a, that's like a sixth strategy. You know, maybe uh, normally it's the middles. I feel bad. It's always the middles. I don't know why, but the middles are always ones that, that tend to get subbed out. Um, but you can do like a serving sub uh, in that situation and have them uh, have a better server come in for that particular uh, player. Um, now, depending on your rules, my friends in the States, you guys are lucky. You have unlimited substitutions, uh, which is amazing in many leagues. And in Canada, unfortunately, we have limited substitutions, meaning when you get subbed in, and you get subbed out, that is it. You can't go back in. So when a player gets subbed out of the game, they can go back in, but they can't come back out. That's it. Just like the international rules. So depending on your rules, you might have to play around with this a bit. But that's you know that's a strategy you could consider is, is subbing a, a serving sub in, as, as you guys call it. All right? So just to kind of review here, we have... Uh, but yeah, actually, I gave you six strategies instead of five. We have uh, the bad strategy. So, you know just get it over. Just get it over. We, we don't want to have that. I mean, if you do have that strategy, then make sure it's clear to your players that that's your strategy. Don't try to coach them to have good serves and tough serves to develop their serves if your messaging is just to get it over. All right, but if, you're, if your messaging is, I want you to serve tough, then be aware that that comes with a lot of growth and a lot of patience in order for those serves to become weapons, which is what you want them to be. All right. Strategy number one we talked about is take out the weak passer, okay? So uh, one thing about that is understanding, do you have the ability to be accurate and have the same speed or are you gonna give up a little bit of speed to be accurate? Make that call, what's worth it? Is it worth getting that weak passer and giving up speed? Or maybe you, you have athletes that can do that can not give up speed and still be accurate. So one thing there, attacking the zone or attacking a seam. So we, uh, same type of deal here. Accuracy, we're working on hitting a certain location. Are you gonna give up speed or are you not? How's that work? Take out an attacker, 
So serve them tough. You know, a lot of times you're going to do a tough spin serve to them or a tough flow serve directly on their chest to force them into a tough pass. Uh, or you could serve them short. You could serve them long. Um, you can mix it up. You know, if does your service have the ability to do that? If they do, great. If not, you know, something to consider. Uh, serve to one. Always, you know, rule. I, the first rule I learned as a young coach is where's the best place to serve? Serve to one. Tough, tough for the setter to set that ball coming from uh, when the ball is coming from behind them. And then the last strategy, well, second last strategy was how to start your rotation. So how are we going to start at the beginning of the game? Think about your rotation throughout the game when you want certain people serving. Maybe you want the best server, the second person serving. Uh, you know, maybe you want to make sure there's no weak servers in the middle. I, I don't know. However you want to do it, just you know, make sure you think about the rotation on how you want your service to be set up. And then the last one, the bonus little six strategy was uh, how do we... A sub when it comes to you know maybe when we have a player on the bench that's a really good server that is better than one of the six that's on the court you may want to do a serving sub to get that server in to hopefully generate uh, at least a point if, if you can get a point off a serving sub that is fantastic they did their job if you can get an out of system ball that you guys converted on that's a great that's a great great uh, point your server did their job all right uh, so those are your strategies and, and at, we, at the beginning we talked a little bit about different different types of serves as well uh, and those are things that, again, make sure you understand your philosophy as a coach. Make sure you understand your strategy. Make sure you're very transparent, transparent with your team because we don't want any mixed messaging. Uh, I see it all the time and it's unfortunate, but you know, it is what it is. So be very clear with your athletes and understand what the expectations are of them as well as yourself in terms of being patient and allowing your athletes to grow. All right. So that's your, that's your serving little, uh, episode for you guys. Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, when it came to the app and the uh, and the DVA Live, you know, stay stay tuned to that. Um, my DVA members will get a chance to be beta testers for the app first, so we can get out all the uh, all the tweaks and stuff like that, and then I'll, and then I'll launch it to the public. Um, and if you are interested in becoming a DVA member, um, you can head on over to digitalvolleyballacademy.com to get registered. Uh, and if you don't know what DVA is, DVA is my signature membership where I get to welcome coaches from all around the world and provide them with that mentorship, access to my resources, all the courses that I've created based on all the positions that are in our game, as well as get them to see a little bit behind the scenes to what we do inside our gym and our practices and our film sessions and really bring them into um, our experience. And, and we also jump on coaching calls twice a month where I get to do live training and Q&A and really, really get to work on our coaches with their specific problem. And it's a great, great program. We have a community of amazing coaches. And I hope that if you're interested in getting that mentorship, you would join as well because it's a great experience. If you're a coach going at it alone, uh, my advice is not to go at it alone because it's definitely going to, you're, you're going to go at a slow pace. So uh, if you would like that help, I'd love to help you. So head on over to digitalvolleyballacademy.com to get registered. All right, that's it for me. I will see you guys next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design Podcast. Take care, everyone. All right, cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.